Hello and welcome to the Native and the Transplant. I'm your native, Alex Johnson. And I'm your transplant, Jen Bryant. Jen, how are you doing this week? Oh boy, am I tired. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been uh, doing a little scavenger hunt this week. I don't know if I'd call it a little scavenger <laughs> hunt, 200 plus items, yeah. Uh, so it's it's called GISH, Greatest International Scavenger Hunt, um, put on by an actor, uh, Misha Collins, that does it all for charity and my team of 10 is in full throws we've been doing a lot of really fun really crazy stuff um what's been some of the craziest stuff that you've done this thus far uh this week yeah well of course there's your wife's portrait (laughs) tom skittleson yes uh what i think over 20 hours of work on that thing for her yeah, and I think uh, 4,700 pieces of candy or something along those lines that she super glued. That's uh, <laughs> based on our math, about 4,700 pieces, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think I've kind of been working on some smaller projects myself. Um, I did a cryptid made out of macaroni and pasta. Um, there's been a lot of, like, giant jewelry for cars. My neighbors think we're totally nuts. Um. <laughs> Wait, giant, <laughs> giant jewelry for cars? Yeah, huh. tiaras and such. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm working on right now. I've got a haiku I'm working on, a watercolor paint painting, um, an article on some Native American tribes here in Colorado, because they're part of the fundraising for that is they highlight a, um, you know, indigenous people or underserved communities. Some pretty cool stuff there. Hmm. There's another challenge up today that I'm going to start fundraising for, which is cool. <laughs> um, well, and then on top of all that, I've got a huge project that I'm working on that, of course, we're working on for yes. the podcast. Um, and I'll allude a little bit to that later on. But for right now, mom's word. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's How is it being the chaos coordinator? The chaos coordinator? Uh, I try to avoid it like the plague. You know, I, that's not true. Your green chili macaroni and cheese on Sunday was so greatly appreciated by our crew. We always kick off our weekend with our team, usually the first Saturday and Sunday, where everybody just meets and has breakfast and we the list drops and we all go crazy and grab items and then run for supplies. Yeah. I think I, I've made at least five supply runs. <laughs> and, and I'm working full time, so and it's, we're crazy right now, so I'm like... It's always fun. I know. It's really <laughs> sad when you, my idea of a nap is 10 minutes on the couch with my eyes closed. You know, I don't have any sympathy for you guys that do this due to the fact that you volunteer to do it, and it's your choice. And we love it. Yes, because you guys are going on, what, five years now from doing this? This is our fifth year. Yeah. <laughs> um, last year, actually, Gish managed to raise enough money. Mary and I talked about that when mm-hmm. we did our little our little foray into podcasting for Mary. <laughs> um, it, we, it, we raised, like... Enough to feed two million meals to inner city kids. Uh, that's awesome. I, and it might have even, I think Mary thought it was like 20 million. I mean, that's a lot. It's really cool, though. And so. it's gaining in popularity within northern Colorado because when is. you started, I think you were the only team, and now there's four or five other teams within northern Colorado. So, Well, you know, that may partially <laughs> be because we have so much fun that we tell people about it all the time. Our very favorite my very favorite picture from this our entire experience in the last five years was the one that we had, uh, the bar- ballerina Barbaral. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember that one. Oh my gosh! Well, and your <laughs> wife got a tattoo last year. Yeah, I cannot even believe that didn't make the yearbook. Yeah. I know, but you know what? It's a great cause, um, and it's just a group of your crazy friends doing crazy things and making people wonder what's wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to worry. We always question you. Yeah, no, that's that. fine. <laughs> uh, I'm good with it. So other than Gish, though, how has your week been? 
Uh, week's been good. Um, you know, just rocking and rolling and trying to keep up with you guys throughout this whole process. So it's it's one week a year, and I always anticipate it uh, on how to deal with it and how to you know kind of stay out of your guys' way. So yeah, but there's not <laughs> at least one meltdown. You're doing it wrong. Indeed. So, but one of the things before we get too far into the episode, do want to thank our sponsor for this episode, which our sponsor for this episode is Satori Tattoo. They are located at 116 uh, East 4th Street in downtown Loveland. If you are in need for that new tattoo or piercing, definitely reach out to Chris and Kim and set up an appointment uh, to be able to go get that new ink. So definitely reach out to them. Again, they are 116 East 4th Street in downtown Loveland, 970-278-5880. Again, 970-278-5880. And always feel free to reach out to them on Facebook Messenger as well. And we always appreciate Satori Tattoo for their sponsorship of our podcast. Well, and I do just want to throw in there the little teaser I'll give at the end of the episode on this event that we're planning. Um, Satori is a huge piece of this event and they are so excited to be able to support what we're doing i just love those guys i mean i love them personally but i also know that they're an incredibly clean and professional business so Absolutely. get in there all yep. their artists are amazing they all have their own styles so yep. check it out awesome so let's dive right in all right so the first thing i want to do actually is a little bit different um we actually have three different types of beer for our beer of the week yes um I'm, I, we're actually tasting a couple out of Crabtree, which is in Greeley. Um, and the first one that we are going to taste tonight, and we'll do another one later on and another one at the end. Uh, but this one is called Lost in Translation. It is a Belgian wit beer style. Um, let's see. I'm going to read this little description for you. Um, so they say, our temporary replacement ticket for global travel we can't get to right now. We wanted to bring you a beautiful, unfiltered, straw-colored Belgian-style wit beer. It welcomes you with a nose of wheat, malt, spicy, and tropical delight, finished with a predominant Belgian character supported with noble hops. I hope this brings you some translation into clarity in these still uncertain times. What do you think of it? I really enjoy it. It's it's a very clean, crisp beer, I I guess would be the easiest way to say it. So it's... uh, I like it. <laughs> so it's a 4.9% alcohol by volume. It's got a pretty cool label on it. It's like maps with pins all over it and this kind of, you know, different pronunciations of beer. Um, Bira, Pivo, Cerveza, Bier, uh, Bior, <laughs> Pia. So just in case you need to know how to say beer in any other languages, pick this baby up because it's got it for you. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it definitely has a little bit of citrus on it. Yeah. I mean, but it, it really is a good, crisp, clean beer. Um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's delicious. Agreed. So that is the first one from Crabtree Brewing out in uh, Greeley, Colorado. So we will, we've will we got two others that we're going to be t- tasting throughout the show, and then we will finish up with the beer of the week at the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it then. Hey, all kinds of stuff going on. Very first thing that is always on everybody's minds, and I hate talking about um, COVID, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. A Delta variant is rearing its ugly head. There's tons of mandates going out across the country. A lot of healthcare systems are mandating vaccines. Um, as a matter of fact, in Port Collins, the Aggie Theater is now requiring proof of vaccination for entry. Which that's interesting, and I understand that they are 
a privately owned business and yeah. they can require that. But it's to me, I, I, I'm starting and we're all starting to see a lot more pushback on these vaccine requirements because it's not FDA approved. It is an emergency use approval on the vaccine. And so it is still classified as experimental. And the fact that you have, whether they're um, privately owned businesses or you have the federal government that's coming out and mandating experimental vaccines on its employees. And the fact that you have OSHA that has pushed back and really been the only government agency that has pushed back against these mandates. And they've said if you are requiring a vaccine as far as uh, a point of being or remaining employed with the company, then the companies are responsible for any thing that happens because of that vaccine and include including the cost but the one aspect of it that is shocking to me is the fact that even though you know they have to pay the medical bills if you have any uh, bad reactions to this vaccine but if you die from it all they have to do is cover the medical bills up to the point of your death and then they aren't on the hook for anything else yeah, I think um, I know that there's a lot of lawsuits that are being filed right now. I'm not sure what kind of leg they have to stand on. I would anticipate, you know, these lawyers that are taking these cases, are, they'll have an angle, of yeah. course. Uh, I'm not real thrilled about mandating things in general. Um, Especially, uh, you know, experimental things. Well, and I know that the FDA is set to approve, I believe it's Pfizer and Moderna in January. Um, so hopefully that will... Uh, shed some light on kind of how this is going to proceed. Um, what I do find problematic, though, and a lot of companies that started out mandating even several months ago, they said, okay, up to and including death. So if you die as a result of that, we are going to pay your family out. Okay. Well, insurance companies are probably not happy about <laughs> that yeah. uh, risk-benefit cost there. But uh, I think if you're not going to cover death on their yeah. I think it's it's problematic. Yeah. Now, of course, I am a huge advocate of the vaccine. Um, it's It may not be for everybody, and I'm not going to spend time trying to convince anybody to get it because if you've made your decision, you've made your decision. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not thrilled about the mandates. Yeah, and we're starting to see some of this already come back as far as with our kids where Thompson R2J is not requiring masks as they're getting ready to go back to school on the 17th. But now Pooter School District has reversed. Uh, they originally weren't going to require masks, but now they're going to require masks for the start of the school year. They are, yeah. Um, you know, I have to tell you, I know everybody's just doing their best trying to prevent people from getting sick and preventing another shutdown, all of that. It is so frustrating because people are changing their minds, you know, turn on a dime. We're changing everything I understand that that's because we don't always know exactly what's going to happen. I totally get that. Because, of course, now they're saying that even vaccinated people can spread the Delta variant because yeah. it is, it's it's more virile. It's, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> I just don't, I don't think I can stomach another shutdown. <laughs> I don't, I don't think the the country will allow another shutdown to, to happen. And we're already seeing this through small business owners. Small business owners are already starting to post that it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, we're going to serve you, you know, be an intelligent human being. And if you're feeling sick, stay at home. <laughs> well, see, that's part of the problem. Yeah. 
because people what, the lack of intelligence or um i i don't know <laughs> if i would categorize it as that oh boy uh check the email <laughs> it's all gonna say how much jen sucks um no i think that's it's problematic because um or it's concerning because okay first of all we we have a huge layer of smog sitting on northern colorado right now the heat in- indexes are ridiculous we've got smoke from fires everywhere we it, Okay, like it's like you sneeze and it's pollen, not plague. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it is people, number one, I have constant post-nasal drip from my allergies in northern Colorado from the last two years. The last two years have been the worst allergy issues that we've had in northern Colorado. So how do you tell the difference between I have a sore throat because I have post-nasal drip or I have a sore throat and I'm coughing my, my brains out because I have COVID? And the Delta variant is a little bit different, so we don't really know. It's, that one actually is like sore throat and runny nose. Oh, great. <laughs> I've had it for most of my life then. Yeah. So we, you can't – I mean, it's hard because I don't think people intentionally go out knowing that they're sick. I really don't. But if you don't know that you have something very obvious that is COVID, you may not be intentionally doing that. So it's, it's hard to determine. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of people that were asymptomatic that were spreading it. Okay, And then – I mean, the one thing, and the Delta variant is a little bit different, the one thing that was a determining factor for COVID, no other virus causes loss of smell. High fever, loss of, loss of smell, horrible body aches. No other virus does. So we no. knew determinately, like, okay, you didn't necessarily test positive, but <laughs> you've got it. So I, how do you tell? I don't know, although I can tell you that the empathy is pretty much gone within our nation. <clears throat> and I can understand why. I do too. And so looking at it, again, I, I don't like talking about COVID anymore because it's everything that anybody ever talks about. Ever, everywhere. <laughs> but it does worry me a little bit with some of the stuff that's happening just even within northern Colorado with requiring vaccines yeah. to do certain things. Um, we've got, what, 160 million people within the nation that have been vaccinated. And you have a good portion of the unvaccinated of kids under the age of 12. Mm -hmm. And so you have a small percentage of people that are unvaccinated. I think it's, what, 30, 35% of adults that are unvaccinated? Yeah, it depends regionally. There's some areas that people are just refusing to get it. So with how much misinformation and everything else that has been spread from the higher-ups, the same people that are telling you you need to get vaccinated right now we're telling you you don't need to get vaccinated and a mask is better than vaccination. So this is where there's so much misinformation that's out there that creates all of these different struggles that we're dealing with on a daily basis, and we're dealing with it here locally. Oh, I would say so. How do you respond? If you're a small business owner that you were shut down for months and months last year, you haven't fully recovered. You haven't gotten back to full steam. And now you're looking at all of this and you have people, you have pressure coming from um, from local communities and municipalities that are saying, oh, you need to shut down or you need to vaccinate or only allow vaccinated people in. I can understand why people are just fed up. Well, and there are some businesses that are going the extreme opposite of that, but saying, if you're vaccinated, please don't come into the business. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. It is the right of a small business owner to make that request because they have the right to refuse service to anybody. It There is, I, I just don't even know. I mean, it feels like. Now, I'm going to pick your brain on this one. And this okay. is something we haven't talked about off the air. Uh-oh. <laughs> so BioLife, where you can donate plasma. Uh-huh. 
if you've been vaccinated, you are not allowed to donate plasma. Correct. Why? Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to – this is conjecture, okay? Okay. I, I'm, I'm curious because you look at all of this stuff and then the fact that with uh, donating plasma – and, again, it hits, uh, it hits a part of our demographics that is less well off. And so you have it mm. where if you're, un- unfortunately, at the poverty line or under – and you donate plasma on a regular basis, and then by donating plasma, or if you get the vaccine, then you can no longer do that, What is and you're reliant on that money, it creates a, an interesting dynamic as well that yeah. I haven't heard anybody talk about. Well, I wasn't actually aware of that, so I'm going to have to look into it, and I'll have to do some research on the science behind that. So I'm just talking out. All right. So originally, of course, we were asking people to donate blood if they had had COVID successfully recovered and still tested positive for antibodies. We we're paying high dollar for that because we know we can treat individuals in hospitals with that blood. And it actually helps their recovery pretty significantly because those antibodies help fight off and, and essentially not deaden, but reduce the effects of the virus significantly helping with recovery because of course part of covid that i don't think everybody necessarily understands of course we're talking about blood clotting with the vaccines but that is one of the big markers of covid is the clotting issues okay i mean people who have recovered and gone home go home and they die of a blood clot because they didn't realize that all of that like multi-system organ failure causes clotting issues and it settles in your legs and you're exhausted so you're not getting up and moving like you were right so we were giving that blood the donated blood with antibodies naturally formed antibodies to very very sick patients super super grateful for that i will say um i would imagine that there's probably something because it is from a vaccine and because it was in a naturally formed antibody that they may not be as effective and we're not exactly sure how that's going to react with a patient receiving that. Or if you haven't had COVID and you get antibodies from somebody that's had the vaccine, they may not have a good idea of whether or not that's actually going to activate a case. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to find out. I'm curious because that's something that I haven't heard anybody talking about, and yet an awful lot of people, it's not just here in northern Colorado, it's people all throughout the country that donate plasma. And the fact that they are stating that if you've gotten the vaccine, you can't donate plasma, it's just a a different dynamic that I, I want somebody to actually dive into it and have a better understanding of the reason behind that. So, and if you happen to know, please shoot us an email. Uh, that's one of the easiest ways to get in touch with us, which is the native dot the transplant at gmail.com. Again, the native dot the transplant at gmail.com. Well, so there is something that the Red Cross is saying is that yes, you can donate blood after getting the COVID 19 vaccine as long as you're symptom free and feeling well at the time of donation. That's on the blood, but not on the plasma. Yeah, plasma. Well,. And again, you have the plasma donations that they use it for. They use plasma for all sorts of different things, whether it's medical or non-medical use. Um, so I'm wondering if it has something to do with that. Oh, okay. So it's actually saying that it's false. I'm going to have to check and see. Um, but some Reuters facts checks are saying they confirmed they are allowing people who have received the COVID-19 vaccine to donate plasma. Um, contrary to claims on social media that plasma is not being accepted because the vaccine is so untested so this may be one of those things that is a rumor 
intended to cause harm. Hmm. Um, so I, it said it may have arisen over the Red Cross policy on convalescent plasma, meaning that plasma that has COVID-19 antibodies can be used as a treatment. So, And I've seen some of that, and part of the reason why I was bringing it up is because I have a friend of mine that got turned away. Yeah. <coughs> that does donate plasma pretty regularly. Mm. And so, yeah, that's something that uh, if, you don't, mind look do, into that, yeah. if you don't mind doing the research on it, I'd, I'm curious to know and fully understand oh. what dives into it. So plasma, right now it looks like they're doing unvaccinated people are donating plasma, but they're not accepting convalescent pa- plasma, which is the one of people that have naturally formed antibodies because they had the virus. So maybe right now what they're doing is separating the two and let's figure this out and see how it's going to work. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, I will look into that. That That is confusing to me. You, you side swipe the side. I, I did. I did. <laughs> hey, you got me on that one. <laughs> hey, I wanted your I wanted your actual reaction on the air. So, yeah. But let's get off to the topic of yeah, COVID. I'm so over it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I know we keep saying we're not going to talk about it and here it comes. Uh, some of the stuff we have to do, but... Um, some of the th- some of the things that are coming to Northern Colorado. So we have the Loveland Fort Collins Airport. Uh, Avello Airlines yeah. is going to be doing two flights a week, uh, direct flights from Loveland Fort Collins out to L.A. It's the um, the Hollywood Airport. Yeah, yeah, right down there in Hollywood. You know yeah. that'll be pretty cool for tourism. Yeah, Holly- Hollywood and Burbank, I think, is what the yeah. airport is. Get a car, drive down to. Rosarito, drink some margaritas <laughs> on the beach. I don't know. I really need a vacation. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool, actually. I, You know, years ago, um, a group of my girlfriends, including your wife, went to Vegas out of Allegiant Airlines. Yes. And we paid like $240 for a three-day, four-night stay. That was including <laughs> hotels, man. We stayed at the Gold Coast way at the end of the Strip. Oh, man. Because it was brand new. It was so Nice. I mean, I'm telling you, it was the most fun we've had in the longest time. Of course, you know, as kids, you travel real easy, but it was great. It was only a problem because we had a bunch of guys on our flight that were sneaking shooters off the cart. Oops. <laughs> that was always the funnest flight, uh, the Allegiant one out of Fort Collins, Loveland, because, you know, you security is, you know, you walk into the little what they quote unquote call a terminal. Uh, that has two vending machines, and then you walk over to security, and then you walk out onto the tarmac. And oh, yeah. uh, but flying to Vegas was always hysterical, and then flying back from Vegas, oh man, was always quiet. <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny because the guys that were on our flight—I mean, this was so many years ago—and like they were, we were in danger of being grounded because these kids would not be quiet. We're only a couple <laughs> years older than them, but we had kids and we're married, you know. Um, <laughs> The kid that was sneaking the drinks off the flight and that refused to turn his phone off, his dad was a pilot. So my dad's a pilot. I don't have to do what you tell me. I'm going to drink this shooter. Broke his leg. So on the way back (laughs) in Vegas. So on the way back, he had to, (laughs) hysterical, honestly, he had to like put it up and the flight attendant was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. You want a ginger ale? (laughs) Karma. (laughs) Yep. It is a thing. It is a thing. Um, We also have the Larimer County Fair up and running yes that's going on right now but what i'm more interested in is the fact that sculpture in the park is back it is yeah so, and that's coming up this weekend where you have sculpture sculpture in the park as well as art in the park yeah it's pretty cool yeah you know there is nowhere else like loveland colorado that does these kind of art expos and brings in the amount of international art and people coming in to see what's produced in our city 
we always joke about it. Uh, you know, there's a sculpture on every corner. <laughs> what is it this week? <laughs> you know, but we have a lot of really talented artists in our city, and it's cool that we're going to showcase that. I will say what's fun about Art in the Park, too, you know, the Loveland High Band um, raises money. They park cars in their parking lot and all of that. They raise a bunch of money and sell waters and that stuff. But um, you can go down and buy something from a local artist that's not terribly expensive, but that's an original piece. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I did buy a piece from, uh, I think it's actually Leah Johnson's daughter that's been selling art that she's painted on all of these street fairs that we're having. She brings out her little box of all the stuff she's painted and made from like recycled materials. That girl is talented and up and coming. I'm pretty impressed. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Are you going to head down there? I'm, I'm hoping to. <laughs> uh, I always enjoy going to the sculpture in the park and then the art in the park because you, you find stuff that is just fascinating. And being that we're coming out of a pandemic and coming out of a year that people had, you know, spent an awful lot more time at home, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's going to be some pretty unique things that have come out of that. <laughs> yeah, we're starting to see our, um, you know, our musicians and our comedians and everybody kind of come out of the woodwork. It's been pretty cool to see. Hopefully we're going to see some really cool art. Yes, and so Sculpture in the Park, that's going to be this uh, Friday, or sa- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yeah, I got that right, correct? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, uh, so is the 4th. Yes, yeah, so it'll be the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yeah. And tickets to, uh, tickets are $10. Children 14 and under are free. And the hours are from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Do they still have tickets available? They do. Awesome. Yeah, they still have tickets available. And uh, a big thing is no pets allowed except for service animals. So, But then they have um, parking and shuttles. So Friday, uh, let's see, Friday, August 6th, beginning at 2.30, the LHS uh, Loveland High School band is fundraising. So they're charging $5 a car. Saturday is the art club fundraiser, $5 a car. And then Sunday is the football team fundraiser five bucks a car to park and nice. so that's right at loveland high their parking lots yeah go support those guys i'll tell Absolutely. you the crimson regiment is awesome <laughs> and i am biased but it <laughs> happens my son plays on on the band uh he'd just be so mad if he knew i was telling <laughs> people that but well, it's a good thing he doesn't listen to our podcast yeah he doesn't <laughs> 16 year olds it happens uh but seriously go support support all of them because they they do a nice job and you know our band is I'll give a shout out. Thompson Valley's band is really good too. Yeah. We, just, we have some really cool local stuff going on with our kids. So yeah. it's cool. Growing up in Loveland, it was always cool to have sculpture in the park and art in the park. And I remember, um, <laughs> I remember working some of those booths for many, many years as far as the lemonade stand and different things of that sort. But <laughs> being able to, to just see people from all walks of life all around the country and even internationally, come here to Loveland, Colorado to be able to display their sculptures. It's fascinating to me. It is really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, really cool announcement from Ames. I'm not sure when they announced this, um, but I guess Ames Community College, we have one down right on 4th Street yep. on the corner of 4th and Railroad. We've got a little hub there. There's Greeley, and I believe there's a campus in Fort Collins as well. Um, but they are offering some free fall semester credits free so um i guess it's because they had a, a pretty big decline like a 30 percent decline in wow 
well, I mean, you know, the structure of school changed last year. People were not sure if they wanted to come right out of school and go into college, or is it really the right time for me to go back to school? I mean, I made that decision last January not to sign up for classes. I was like picking out my schedule, but I made that decision because I just thought maybe it's not the right time to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, some, some of their credits are free for the fall. Um, because yeah, they had a 30% decline in, um, enrollments. Yeah. Well, if you're looking into secondary education or higher education, and that's something that you want to look into, uh, I would highly encourage you to reach out to Ames and see what classes are being offered. Yeah. I'll tell you something. Um, the best thing that I ever made as a choice in my career is that uh, I, I started out at a major university and then just really was not in the budget. So I had to just make the decision to go home and move into an apartment and go to a community college. And it saved me so much money. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, my associate's yeah. degree is from a community college in Arkansas. And I was a big fish in a little pond. <laughs> Did it all by scholarship. So That's pretty awesome. cool. I love community colleges. So, yeah, check them out. But, all right, should we do our second beer of the week? Ooh, yes, we can. So in this one, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. So, again, it is Crabtree Brewing out of uh, Greeley. And so the one that I just cracked open is their Orange Blossom Saison. So this one's right at a 5.8 ABV. And uh, it just says that it's brewed with Orange Blossom honey and an Abbey Ale yeast. So... Okay. <laughs> Dive right into that. It's not bad. I think it needs to be colder. Sorry that we don't have an <laughs> – we need to get a mini fridge. <laughs> In the studio, yes, You'll probably. just pack it full of all the beers we tried except that other one we hated so much. Um, <laughs> sorry, he was taking a drink of his beer. That was really pretty mean. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's it's a little lackluster. It sounds like it should be better. I think if it was colder, it's just kind of boring. It's not bad. There's nothing offensive about it. <laughs> There's that termino- terminology again offensive. when you don't like uh, when you don't like a beer. Ah, it's not. It's not offensive. <laughs> I um, did explain that last week. It just <laughs> so I, I can agree with you that maybe if it was a little bit colder, um, and that's on us. That's not on the beer itself. But I actually I don't mind it. Um, yeah. With with the beer, so it's got um, it's aromatic. It has definitely some honey on the back end uh, w- that you're able to pick up. Um, I'm not a big fruity beer fan, and there isn't a whole lot of fruit on this one to where I'm actually enjoying it. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I, th- I do think it is because it's not as cold, but it it is a clean taste. It doesn't leave a bitterness on the back of your mouth. And I'll tell you, the can is really pretty. Yeah. I know that seems a silly, but if you were to go to a brewery where you're not an IPA guy or you're not <laughs> giving him a look, uh, but if you were to go to a brewery where you just wanted to sit down and have a nice cold drink and enjoy yourself and not you're not there necessarily to like, let me taste all the hops in this or let me get the real note of this Hefeweizen or whatever it is, I think this is a perfect beer for that. Yeah, and it's got a little bit of a fruit to it, um, but it's not overly sweet. Again, a little bit of honey, but not overly sweet. And it's just a very clean, crisp. I, I wouldn't actually call this one crisp. No, it's, it's smooth. Yes, that would be a better, yeah. better terminology. Uh, but yeah, overall, I don't mind it. 
Well, to be perfectly honest with you, it is a good beer. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing bad about the beer. It's just, <laughs> it's just maybe a little lackluster. I was expecting a little more punch in the face. You know, though, I will say this. My complaint about a lot of saisons is that it's just a punch in the face of sweet, sour fruit. Yeah. So, all right. I'll give that a four out of five. All right. Are we rating beers now? I don't know. I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I do want to talk about as um, we're getting into the middle of our podcast is dealing with flash flood warnings. I know yeah. if you've been in northern Colorado, your cell phone has been blowing up with alerts as far as flash flood warnings. And I didn't realize the extent of them. <clears throat> but as of, I think as of yesterday, based off of the statistics that I was looking at, we have had 259 this year. Um, and that is already 83 more than the record. And the yeah. record was set back in 2013 <clears throat> when we had the big Thompson flood. Um, and that was 176. Well, right. I, I mean, if you consider, I think it was the Black Forest mudslide yeah. up, up um, by Ted's place. That was obviously pretty catastrophic, and it was very quick. And I know um, that they did their best to get that warning out, but it was very, very quick. So we did four people. Yeah. I think three of the four have been found, but the fourth is presumed deceased. Yeah. Um, but we just also had a major mudslide on I-70. And An- it's another one. Yeah. And <laughs> another it's one. Massive. It's like divert around. They do have a um, you know the cities and towns around there that – People are just trying to move about, go to work, all of those things. Uh, it's it's um, There's one little tiny road, and it's a back road, and I guess CDOT and a couple of other um, people and organizations are saying, this is not a viable option. Well, yes, we know that, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's the option right now. And it, So if you can avoid that area, I would say for sure. And a lot of these uh, flash flood warnings have been within the burn zones. They and have. so this was something that not only did we deal with the fires last year, but now we're dealing with the repercussions of those fires. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're seeing an awful lot of rain around here, and, yeah. and it's just a bad situation all the way around. Well, I know that a portion up um, by Glade Road was completely washed out last night, yeah. uh, down kind of by the retreat from what I understand. I don't have the details exactly where it's at, but I do understand that there are people that are um, locked in. So they cannot leave their properties because they do not have any means with which to leave. So it is happening all over. And, of course, just like you said, I mean, the massive fire that we had last year, all of them is just a perfect storm for this. Yeah. I know even on Sunday I went um, on a motorcycle ride with a couple (coughs) of buddies of mine, and we specifically avoided going up through Glenhaven because they have had some washout and uh, some debris and that sort of stuff. So, Well, and then you encountered a pretty large (coughs) accident, didn't you? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a really large accident. It's just dealing with. <laughs> anytime you have an accident within the canyons, yeah, dealing with tow trucks to try and, <laughs> and get somebody pulled out. Yeah. Well, and we're not so. talking about sitting in a nice air conditioned vehicle. No, no, <laughs> having a, an air cooled motorcycle that. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, that's it, a problem. It gets hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine. But yeah, there is a lot of stuff. I mean, I'll say this for the public public safety announcement portion of this. If they're saying that there's going to be flash floods, don't pick that as your camp spot. Don't go for a ride in that area. Avoid it like the plague because they are not kidding. Yep. There's no joke. And speaking of uh, holdups as far as traffic is concerned, Mm I-25. So we've we've got – if you're in northern Colorado, you understand the full construction that's happening on I-25. But one of the biggest things that happened on August 1st is – 
Highway 56 and 285, or not I-25, not 285, <laughs> Highway 56 and I-25, um, the Berthoud Curve Interchange. I was just going to say, tell everybody where that's at. Yeah, so yeah. the Berthoud Curve Interchange, so 56 goes over I-25 at the moment, mm-hmm. but after they're done with that, it'll go under I-25. They're straightening out I-25, so there will no longer be the birthed curve. Right, so we just, we'll just we just move around that old farm property that <laughs> <laughs> the guy burned his barn down. <laughs> so, But with that, it's 140 days of east to west uh, movement across I-25 is going to be closed. And then 75 days of northbound is going to be closed as far as if you're wanting to get off at 56 and be able on the northbound side yeah. and be able to drive 56 west towards Berthoud, that's going to be closed for the next 75 days. So what are the options for people who live in Berthoud that obviously are coming off the highway? So with that, it's either go up to Johnstown or get off at Mead. Super. Yes. So as far as those are the kind of the, the two main choices. Now, if you're coming down southbound, the southbound off-ramp and on-ramp onto 56 right there at Love's, that is going to remain mostly open. So they will have to close it down a couple of times, but it's um, when they do close it down, they'll send out an announcement. Okay. And it's going to be for a night or two nights at a time. It's not going to be dramatic like the 140 days or the 75 days. Yeah, what a total mess. So, But that whole intersection, they have it slated that it will be completed in quarter three of next year. You think? I, I believe so. Okay. I'm just, um, you know. They're rocking right around, <laughs> they're rocking and rolling on that one. Yeah. Because that's also going to be a Bustang stop. So oh, there's that's going right. to be a Bustang stop in between the north and southbound lanes of I-25. And so there is an awful lot of work that is going on in that intersection. Not only are they leveling out I-25, so you aren't going to have the big massive dip. Yeah. Um, 56 is going to go under. They're doing a major um, uh, park and ride because they're going to have a a walkway underneath the northbound lanes to get to the Bustang Terminal. Oh, that'll be pretty cool. So there's quite a bit that's going into that specific interchange. So I understand why they're shutting it down August 1st, and it's probably going to not open up fully until August 1st of next year. So what's that going to do for the traffic flow on I-25 in that area? (laughs) (laughs) You know, as soon as you hit that strategic choke point, yeah, just a few miles back from that, it slows everything down, and it's just gonna it's gonna remain slow. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of the things to keep in mind that we do already have the extra funding, so they're doing the extra wide lanes. So with the added increase of people that we're anticipating over the next five to ten years, yeah. they'll be able with the extra wide shoulders just go in and repaint the lines. So it'll be instead of just two plus a managed lane, it'll be three plus a managed lane, and it's not gonna cost a whole lot of money. Nice. Or <laughs> a whole lot of construction, so. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's construction season in Colorado, so well, we have winter and construction season. <laughs> yes, we do. And even yes, then, do. winter is up for grabs. <laughs> yeah, they're still going to be doing some construction over the winter, that's for sure. All right. Well, I do want to follow up on a story that I was talking about last week with the county commissioners and this um, the oil and gas regulations. Oh, yes. They have gotten an awful lot of heat. <laughs> yep. Went ahead and approved all those yeah. regulations. So um, I did speak in front of the council um, and just expressed some of my thoughts on the matter. There was actually I think 75 different people that ended up speaking both on Zoom and in person. Uh, it was an interesting room, <laughs> kind of uncomfortable, 
honestly. Yeah. They, you know, there were it was a mix of people, and you could tell. Yep, they're for, they're against. I mean, you know, I. I feel like the council really didn't listen a whole lot. I felt like, honestly, we felt like they had kind of already made their decision when we walked in the first day. Yeah. So, you know, when you have a Democratic pack that fights really hard to get certain people elected and dumps a lot of money into those elections, you're going to get what you, they want pushed forward. Yeah, you get county commissioners for the uh, for the corporations, not for the people. Well, and that unfortunately is what it looks like it, whether or not that's actually what it is that's what it looks like yeah and this is uh, any time that any governing body is completely one-sided you have issues so it's not that they're all democrats i would right. have just the same issue if they were all republicans same here i wish that larimer county would go to a five person board i do too uh similar to weld county I wish that we would have five county commissioners instead of just the three, because then at that point in time, if you have two on one side, three on the other, whatever they may be, at least you have the conversation going on. And the ultimate success to me with any elected officials is when everybody walks away from the table yep. frustrated. Yep. They, they didn't get everything that they wanted, but they got some things. And that's what's best for the people. Right. That's ex I concur with that wholeheartedly. When yeah. one particular party didn't get everything that they wanted, that's a good thing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is a good thing. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. You can't have it weighted heavily one way or the other. Correct. And that's some of the major issues that we've had here in Colorado for quite a few years. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not thrilled about that, but it is what it is. No. Yeah. You know. Um, all right, so I did touch just a little bit about the Lammer County Fair opening up, and they are out at the ranch. I have to tell you, it still raises my <laughs> hackles every single time. I hate that we have taken all of these events outside of the heart of Loveland. Yeah. The whole point of those kinds of events, why we have them at the fairgrounds or why we have them downtown, is to bring business into downtown to sort of enliven the area and let people really ex experience our rich culture. And I feel like moving things out to the ranch, I mean, good for them, you know, that they're getting all that money from it. Super. But it's not going into the pockets of our city. And it just doesn't have the same feel. Uh, nope. You know, when I was a kid, going down to the fair, it was it was awesome. You know, you're driving, <laughs> you park off a railroad or whatever it is, and you walk down to the fair and you, you get your ticket or your wristband, wristband to ride on rides that you know have been slapped up in the last 12 hours Heck yeah <laughs> live a little <laughs> i just i don't know about the safety of those things but it was a blast yeah and that was the point there's just something about it taking place at the ranch now that you're just like eh, eh. well and i'm not saying i don't think the ranch is cool because it is a lot of really cool events go on out there and i think that they do a good thing out there it's just Agreed. It just has a different feel. It doesn't to it. feel <laughs> hometown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, shoot, we bought we bought tie dyed shirts off the vendor one year. I like your shirt. I want that one. I'll buy that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I it's just frustrating. I mean, I I don't know. I uh, Cornrose Festival though, it's coming up. Baby. It is. Yes, uh, the big thing is going to be the parade, uh, which is back, and that's going to be on August twenty eighth excited about it. I am so pumped. <laughs> I love the parade. We just walked down from our house anyway, and the kids love it because they want to see how much loot they can get. Oh, absolutely. I'm thrilled about the popsicles in the water. So <laughs> it's good for me. So changing topics yeah, a little jump. bit. So the Olympics this year. Yeah. Colorado sent 34 athletes to the Olympics this year. And Great. even one, um, 
and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Mustafa Hassan, I believe is what it is, but he um, he's a shot put. He does he throws shot put. Yeah. And so he's made it into the uh, the final round for shot put, but he he played at CSU. And really? so somebody right down, kind of right down the road from us, uh, over competing in Tokyo at the moment. So, um, have you watched much of the Olympics this year? I've watched some of it. I follow a lot on like Twitter, or social media, that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, okay, you've been present for the Olympics parties. <laughs> yes, I we have. We all dress as our favorite event, and we all cheer and yell and watch the thing. Opening ceremonies, I mean, it's a big deal, but we just haven't done it. I, it's, I just feel... Well, eh. viewership is down, what, 40 or 50% this year is what they're talking about, which you would think, coming out of last year, coming into this year, that people would be excited about it. Yeah. But it just, even with talking with people down at a brewery where yeah. they've got it in the background, it's just been lackluster that's a good description for i do before we go too much further on this i do want to mention valerie allman who is from longmont colorado that took gold in the discus throwing event yes i mean heck yeah girl get it you know (laughs) like a very very proud of her that's pretty cool um we have a lot of local people that have competed in the olympics i mean jeremy bloom several years ago competed Um, but I think we Colorado puts out a lot of amazing um, athletes it just strictly by our geographical location in the country I mean we're high altitude so people come here to train and they go down to Aspen or down to the Springs to do their trials my aunt did Olympic trials down in Colorado Springs oh wow yeah she actually competed against um, Amy Van Dyken they're they're very good friends Uh, they still are Um, but they competed for years head to head, and then my aunt was no longer able to compete. So, huh. yeah, swam Holy for God. Greeley Central. She's still on the wall. Oh yeah, very cool. Oh yeah, um, but I, we put out a lot of really amazing athletes out of Colorado just by geographical nature. I think. Yeah. So anyway, continue. So, the Olympics have been interesting this year. There's been a lot of scandal. <laughs> There's been not only a lot of scandal, but then a lot of difference um in reaction and again it's creating a further divide within the nation where something like the olympics is supposed to bring us together and yet you have a perfect example is the the women's soccer team yeah where i saw more people cheering for their defeat than cheering for them to win why do you think that was i think people are tired of the woke culture they're tired of being and this is one of the things with sports where i have a lot of people that were diehard football fans that with all of the colin kaepernick with all of that stuff and they stepped away from it and it wasn't the fact that they didn't agree with it but they're like football's my my escape it's about the competition it's about the athleticism it's it's not even about that it's uh, the fact that you can watch a football game or you can watch the olympics and not have to worry about politics yeah for for three hours on a Sunday, you're able to watch a football game and not have politics just thrown in your face constantly. Right. And yet now all sports seem to have politics involved. Well, it is kind of frustrating. I will say I understand, you know, people work really hard to get where they're at and they have a platform that they feel like they need to make known. But when you get to a world stage, being American and being an athlete, 
come and compete and do the best that you can. Because at that point, I mean, these people have to be driven, they have to be focused, and they have to be ready. Well, and it seems like they are more focused on having the platform and trying to drive an agenda than actually competing. Yeah, that's touchy. It is, it is. is. But you can see even, um, so uh, Tamara Mensa uh, Stock, if I can read my own handwriting. So she just won a gold medal. And uh, I forget what the event was, but she's been getting an awful lot of notoriety, especially from the right, because in her her post her her post medal ceremony, they interviewed her, and she was excited about being able to live in America, and she was excited about representing the United States. Yeah, and she's now getting lambasted from the left about, oh, you don't care about. <laughs> certain issues and everything of that sort. This is where I get frustrated and why I haven't watched a whole lot of the Olympics is because I, I want to watch them compete. I yeah. want to see somebody do things that I could never do, never attempt to do, and excel at such a high level that they are not only the best within the nation, they are the best within the world. On the planet. They've, yeah. they've spent their life working towards this goal and to see them succeed and yeah. to see them and whether we share a flag or we share a nation or we don't. Right. You know, I've seen more people excited about these small little tiny countries that they're winning their first gold ever. Yeah. Or they're winning their first medal ever. Yeah. And being able to see that, that just pride that comes out through it. And yet it seems like there's been a, a rain cloud on the Olympics and you aren't seeing that level of joy or that level of just accomplishment that we're used to seeing. Well, you know, I, I would actually point some of the blame towards the media. Oh, 100%. It, well, and I, I don't remember who it was. I was reading an article the other day. It was an American Olympian that had won a gold medal. And her post-interview, you know, her post-medal interview was not about how hard did you train, what did it take to get here, all of this. They were like, well, you had family members die. Are you depressed? Like, what? no, no, I'm excited to be here. And I, the, the joy on her face, if you saw this interview, I'll have to see if I can find who it was specifically. But yeah. I watched this interview. The joy on her face from excelling and winning that medal went from joy to total devastation just in a flash. Hmm. Because it was instead of about being that medal, it was about how much loss have you had? You know, how hard was it for you to get here is a little different than – Hey, you've got these dead family members. Yeah. I, I don't that that doesn't feel right. So, and then even seeing the controversy over Simone Biles. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll tell you something. You enlightened me about well, a few that's, things. That's one that is even the more and more you start going down the rabbit hole, the more and more you start to question an awful lot of stuff. Where there are reports that are coming out, and also reports that are disputing it. But the fact that she's been on ADHD medication since I think she was eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and the medication that she is on is illegal in Japan. Right. And so there have been reports that say that they took her medication from her. Yeah, during her quarantine? During her three-day quarantine when she got there. So it, the frustration with this is I'm seeing what started out as credible sources, and then some of the credible sources are now starting to backtrack a little bit. But this is at the exact same time that they're now talking about the fact that they have changed the rules and they changed – the gymnastic yep. rules specifically because of her. The fact that 
this woman has four different moves that are named after her because she's the only one that can perform them. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Olympic Committee that's like, yeah, we aren't going to score you on those because it's so dangerous for other people to try and imitate what you're doing. Too bad. Step it up. (laughs) Too bad. If she can do them, she can do them. I mean, that's that's how you – you know, press forward in an, in a sport is you come up with a new way to do something, especially in gymnastics. Yeah. I mean, granted, okay, that means that those other people can't compete with her. Too bad. Then guess what? You know, it, it was really unfortunate seeing some of the, you know, the memes and the commentary and people saying about, you know, her stepping back and not performing. You know, I want to be perfectly frank with you here. The first hearing about that medication thing makes me really angry because especially when we're dealing with meds that, and ADHD, I would say, is a mental health concern. There's a lot of um, – Well, and you can easily yeah. – so with the medication that she was on, it's on a banned su- substance list. But with the banned su- substance list is if you have a proven track record of showing and it's been uh, a doctor uh, diagnosed you with something and, and prescribed it, then you are excluded from that list. Yeah. And her name appears on that list. <laughs> and it appeared in the last Olympics as well. It, it showed that she is one of the athletes that is able to take this medication, and it's, it's a need. Well, and, you know, she had to step out because of some of those concerns, and then she also had um, – it's called the twisties. Is that right? Yes. So it's like she couldn't catch her equilibrium, and so when she's spinning in the air, she can't tell what's up and what's down. Okay, that to me – I don't want to experience that. <laughs> ever in my life, and I will say, I will say people coming off of mental health medications, and I would consider medication for ADHD because it is, it is chemical altering in your brain. I would yep. consider that a mental health medication. Okay, th- that can take years for somebody to come off of that. So now you put in that essentially she was withdrawing from that medication that she was approved to take. And it was arbitrarily decided to take that away from her. And I say arbitrarily, but I say that very tongue-in-cheek. sounds to me like she was set up for failure. That's really frustrating. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? Good for her, though, that she was willing to say, okay, I have to step back from this. Well, and it gave some of the other athletes an opportunity that they would have never had. So. I mean, seriously, because we did end up taking gold, and one of ours got, uh, what is her name, Suni? Suni. Suni. Yeah, Suni. um, Took all around. Yeah. I mean, how incredible. So you know what? Yeah, she stepped back, but that didn't change the outcome, did it? <laughs> I do I do want to point out, um, as of about 30 minutes ago, uh, the U.S. is leading the medal count at 79, where China is at 70, and the closest runner behind them is like 53 medals. Hmm. So we're getting it. So on a lighter note, and this is something that you made me aware of, is the fact that athletes oh, this have been fantastic. complaining about, and I didn't know this. It's so funny. <laughs> But the athletes in uh, Olympic Park and all of that stuff, that the beds that they're sleeping on are made out of cardboard. Yes. Okay. So. And so dive into that a little bit. <laughs> all right. This is great. <laughs> um, I, I've been laughing about this for days. So the Japanese setting up for this event realized, you know, you have certain, um, you have to build this Olympic park basically for all yeah, of your olympic athletes village coming. And yeah an olympic yep. village because they're all going to live there for a pretty long time while they train and they compete and they have to quarantine so they were there for an even longer amount of time um so they built the beds out of cardboard and they have a weight limit of like i i don't even know what the weight limit is but i think <laughs> i think i probably exceed the weight limit on them <laughs> alex if you think about it our bodybuilders and we've had people there that are not small people. Yeah. I mean, how tall is Michael Phelps? 
<laughs> okay, the guy had to eat 12,000 calories a day just to keep up with his training regimen. He was like, he'd go to McDonald's and just say yes to the menu, okay? <laughs> I mean, like, Subway? Okay, how about 10 footlongs? I mean, seriously, the guy had to, you know, he had to eat a lot of food. They're, these are not, I mean, okay, maybe your gymnasts are small. Yeah. A lot of these Olympians are not little people, okay? So <laughs> the, the whole controversy came from they were saying that the Japanese built these beds out of cardboard on purpose so that they could actually – uh, slow down, um, fornication, <laughs> coupling, <laughs> fornication, I swear. Um, yeah. So that they could stop people who weren't necessarily all like a team that was quarantined together, um, fornicating with another team or essentially coupling up with other Olympians. So <laughs> here's, here's so, the 20, <laughs> 2016 Olympics, one of the fascinating stats to me is they they provided, I think it was 120,000 condoms. Yeah. And they didn't even make it half the time of the Olympics. Listen, <laughs> they I'll ran out. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Here's the thing. These, these and I'm going to say kids, but there is a gymnast that's like in her 40s, and she is killing it. Uh, I think she's from Russia or something. The lady is ripped. But here's the thing. You got young kids. All quarantined together. I mean, they're at the top of their physical health. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Well, okay. So, so of course, then but just the fact that you have you, the fact that you think about the, all of that and go, you know how we could prevent this from happening? <laughs> let's let's make the beds out of cardboard. So once they, you know, once couple, <laughs> once you meet a certain. Or surpass a certain weight threshold, the bed's gonna break on you. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to be weight. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but actually, so they came back and said that, that no, we, that was not our intention. Honestly, like you do you, um, but it was more about the sustainability of breaking all those beds down and then having something to do with them. And it was easier <laughs> to recycle and reuse those beds. Um, maybe they could send them to like earthquake areas or something like that, you know, where they need beds and shelters and stuff. I just would have never thought of making beds out of cardboard. <laughs> you know, well, it's a very Ikean design, honestly. Very much so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's – <laughs> so ever since you brought that up to me, I've been looking, and some of the, even just the memes have been fantastic, the memes and the gifts. And uh, there's this one swimmer. I forget what country he swims for, but there's just video of him jumping up and down on the cardboard bed trying to break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. So. Um, the, you know, I do want to give mad shout-out to our swim team. I am always – I always follow the swimmers because I was a swimmer in high school, and I'm yeah. always always obsessed with that. But I do want to Le- uh, – Is it Ledecky? Caleb oh, – Oh, sorry. Yeah, Caleb Dressel. He took – gold in the men's 100 millimeter um or 100 meter sorry freestyle say, got millimeter real fast <laughs> go i think i have a shot at the 100 millimeter you might. <laughs> are you buoyant um no but yeah in the 100 100 meter freestyle and i did get a chance to watch that race and i'm telling you the the look on that guy's face when he hit that wall and he looked up and he just lost it and then they had <laughs> they had his parents it was so cute I think either girlfriend or wife I'm not sure which one but they had him on a feed a live feed watching this whole event 
And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like they were all crying and she was sobbing. It was, that was like, <laughs> yes, that's the Olympics I want to watch. Yes. Right. I do want to bring up a funny point though. So we have skateboarding in the Olympics now. Yes. And we took the bronze. And <laughs> so yeah. of the skateboarding, seeing the 13-year-old competitor oh, yeah. I, standing next to Tony Hawk. I mean, seriously. And the fact that, I mean, we grew up with Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. And Tony Hawk on PlayStation and all of that stuff. Oh, and yeah. the fact that you have a 13-year-old, someone that was born. Didn't know who he was, did he? 2008, 2009. Yeah, 2008. <laughs> next um, to the legend, Tony Hawk. And just like, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, it's, have you ever read Tony Hawk's Twitter feed? No, I haven't. Oh, that is a journey down hilarity. So he does this thing where he'll go to a store or something and he'll like buy his product or, you know, somebody will be talking about Tony Hawk and he's standing ne next to him. He's like handing him his debit card and it says Tony Hawk and they're like, cool, like the skateboarder, huh? Pretty cool. Yeah. But they don't recognize that it's him. <laughs> And so he has this, oh my gosh, I howl with laughter whenever I read his Twitter feed. It's so funny. But the point I wanted to make about the skateboarders, you know, we took bronze. Bronze, Alex. Yeah. It is an American sport. <laughs> I have a theory that a lot okay. of the internet is in support of. It's because we drug test them. Do you know, there's probably some validity in that. THC, baby. What do you think skateboarders do? I don't know. I just, I, I, I do think, okay. So we sent over like our, you know, 50th place guy at that point in time. Yeah, basically. If we, if we drug tested everybody. Yeah, we got beat <laughs> by Japan and somebody else. Uh, but the guy actually, the Japan, the gold medalist from, was from Japan. And what he said was, you know, what was really cool was coming back to the city that I learned how to skateboard in to compete here. And he was like, I skateboarded on the back streets because you're going to get in trouble for skateboarding in certain places. You know, there's not ramps and all that stuff. So he took first, which I thought was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're from the land of Colorado, so I just don't see THC as this, you know, war on drugs gateway thing anymore. But no. I think it's just because we live where we are and it, it's commonplace for us. So, but yeah, bronze. <laughs> Let him smoke some pot, whatever. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um, so our women's soccer team took fourth. I believe so. They lost to uh, Canada. They were in the bronze medal match, and they lost to Canada. Mm -hmm. That's too bad. Well, so what was the deal with this Norwegian handball team? The women's Norwegian handball oh, team. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, the uniforms. The uniforms. Mm -hmm. So they thought – when that story broke, a lot of people were thinking that it was like sand volleyball and that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Where the Norwegian handball team, in handball, bikinis are required. But their outfits would have been perfectly fine in volleyball. In volleyball, yeah. So there's some controversy over that. But a lot of the stuff, I mean, Germany, so the German um, gymnasts. They wore, wore full leotards from ankle to wrist, mm -hmm. and that's perfectly acceptable. Right. And so now it came out with a bigger discussion of um, – they first started out the discussion of sexism and that sort of, of stuff. But now it's come out that, no, these are perfectly fine. It's athletes that choose to wear certain types of you know leotards or versus a unitard and bikinis versus boy shorts. It's up to the athlete. They're given uh, a list.
list of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable, it was kind of with the exception of the handball. Interesting. Yeah. So you think that will be something that's changed? I think so. Yeah, I think they were fined um, for not wanting to wear them, and I guess uh, the artist Pink has offered to pay the fines. So, yeah, she did offer to pay that. Um, There's something I was going to say. I don't remember what. I don't know. Um, It is kind of sad, though, that the viewership for the Olympics has gone down so significant. Because I think, you know, I mean, I love watching the Olympics. It's a blast to watch it. And it's like you're just in, in the lane with that swimmer. Or you're on the bars with the gymnast. Or you're, you know, skating down the street. You learned how to skateboard on i think it's pretty cool um what else did you have to say about the olympics that was pretty much it i think that was about it (laughs) i was thinking that you had some more that's why i was letting you ramble on there was something i was gonna say i don't remember what it was but (laughs) probably insignificant no it was the main thing that i want to talk about with the olympics is it's fantastic to see people that you know studied at csu that are performing in the olympics um last so uh ryan who was on the rugby team, and he uh, played for CSU, and he yeah. was competed in 2016. That yeah. was the first time that they had rugby in the Olympics. It was seven men versus 15, but um, it was just cool seeing somebody that I've met that was actually performing in the Olympics. It was great. And the fact that we sent 34 athletes to the Olympics this year is, is incredible. And it's frustrating to see how politics, again, yet again, has divided something that we all enjoy and should truthfully, honestly bring us together. Right. And yet they've even managed to drive a wedge in between that. So, well, it's pretty frustrating because I think, you know, that's the whole point of the Olympics is we come together and we compete and kick the pants off of Germany. (laughs) (laughs) So, alrighty. Well, let's dive in. And we've kind of dived in a little bit with beer of the week, but, Beer of the week. All right, so let me do a little plug plug real quick for Crabtree Brewing. Um, It is located at 2961 29th Street in Greeley, Colorado. I will tell you, have you ever been to their tap room? I have not. It is super cool. They have a whole back area where they have picnic tables and games, and they do big barbecue events there. It's a pretty big location, honestly. Um, That's great. The tap room is amazing. I've been to several events there, like birthday parties and graduations and stuff. They do an amazing job. The staff is super nice. And honestly, most of their beer I enjoy. So the next one we have is called the Kung Brew. Why don't you read that label? <laughs> yes, the Kung Brew. That is fantastic. I so know. it's, uh, of course, you would make me uh, read this one that I'm going to butcher. But um, <laughs> it's brewed with a Sriracha Ace Hops, a Lockless Pale Malt, and a Kolsch Yeast, bright and clear with the summer in mind. And it is very accurate um, just when you taste it. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those that... You want to drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to finish up with it, whatever event or whatever thing that you're doing throughout a Saturday or Sunday, whatever outdoor chores, and just grab one out of the fridge. Yep. Crack it open and just enjoy. <laughs> there is a really good, real honey aftertaste on this. It's like, are you tasting that? Yeah, it's like a good, it's like a real good, yeah. clean, field bee kind of honey flavor to it. So it does just scream summer. It is really good. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. It's light, but it's not 
it doesn't feel like you're drinking a light beer. Correct. It's got a little, is that hops on the edge of it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, on the edge of it, there is a hops flavor to it that you get kind of a lingering flavor on your tongue, but not in an offensive way, <laughs> if I might use my word. <laughs> uh, it's a really good beer. Yeah, um, it's one of those that it's, it, it's, you're drinking a lighter beer. Yeah. It's not like drinking a Coors Light. It has an awful lot of flavor in it. Um, it's definitely, it's not too sweet. It's something that you've got a, a different dynamic of flavor as you're drinking it as well. You do. Um, that yeah. I really enjoy. So, yeah, I <laughs> all three of the beers that we've had tonight have been pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, what was the ABV on that one, on Congo? Uh, it didn't say. Oh, so delicious. <laughs> um, it Actually, it really is a good beer. I think all three of them have been really um, different and creative and i will say i'd like to just amend my commentary on the orange blossom saison i think nice and ice cold this would be super i mean just poured right out of the tap there that's going to be something that knocks your socks off it's not a bad beer at all it actually is very good you know light but not overwhelming good flavor to it i mean the brewers there must be very proud of their work awesome so yeah if you have not gone to crabtree brewing out of Greeley, definitely put it on your list yeah, and they are again at 2961 29th Street in Greeley, Colorado. Pretty good beer. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so again, we you wanted to plug at the end of what we're doing. So one of the things oh, we that's have right. coming up, so and it, this is – I'm excited about this because uh, we're – would you say we're about a week away from being able to – release news on it or about two weeks away i would say about two weeks yeah i want to get some things nailed down first dates and um but what i I, here's what i will say about it um there's a few organizations that are pretty near and dear to my heart because i've had the opportunity to listen to people speak and understand the impact that it has on all of our country but that there are things happening in northern colorado that are very scary and that we need to be made aware of. If you're a parent, if you are have any loved ones that are vulnerable or are in that population of people that maybe um, are underserved. So, yep. um, and I, without giving too much away, because I would really like to do a, a big, <laughs> big announcement, but we are planning an event. Um, it's a fundraiser. We're, we'll have a, um, there's a tattoo event that's going to go on um, with some great prices on tattoos for some very specific populations. Um, we've got food being provided to us um, from some people who don't want to be named uh, because they really just want to donate and give to this organization from their heart, which I have yeah. to tell you is you. I the t- fact that yeah. we've been working on this for a couple of weeks, I mean, we've been dabbling with how are we going to put pull this thing off. And the yeah. fact that we already have multiple small businesses from around Loveland and, and the surrounding area that are already on board. I took a call today from somebody that wants to come and volunteer for the whole thing, yeah. donate some stuff. Um, I have seven people that messaged me yesterday. <laughs> so it's like part of, you know, we've had the chaos of the scavenger hunt and then, of course, working full time and kids and all of that. And then this is sort of like this, this one, this one makes my heart sing. And it's going to be for a phenomenal nonprofit. So I cannot wait. We will have. Um, I don't know if we're going to be, if it's going to be next week that we'll go live on it, but I imagine within two weeks, we'll have everything out there on social media and, and within the podcast. Yeah. And here's, here's what I would say to our listeners. Um, this one is a big one for me because I, I dealt with and, and taken care of people and, and done a lot of work in the community as far as this goes. Uh, if you are a small business that wants to put together a basket for our silent auction um 
you know, we don't we don't have a budget. We don't we don't we're not a four hundred or five hundred one c three or anything like that. But if that's something that you want to do, if it's a local brewery, if it's I don't care clothing businesses, anything like that, that we can pull in people to come to this event. And once you hear about it, I promise your heart's going to be in it with with us. Because um, yep. I told Alex, hey, I think we should do this, and you went, oh my god, yes, and then we just blew it up. Um, so if you're thinking about that right now, think about what you could bring to the table and what you'd be willing. We'll come pick it up. We'll put it together for you, and we'll make sure that your name, your business name, that those things are being, you know, that you are being, whether it's advertisements on the show or if we put your name on all the flyers and we really advertise that your business is in support of that, please just start thinking about what you might like to bring to the table for that. Yeah, definitely reach out to us. The uh, easiest way is the native.thetransplant at gmail.com. Again, the native dot the transplant at gmail.com. Yeah. So in one on one, we can give you a little bit more info on what exactly this is. Um, we just aren't ready to go live with it yet. So Yeah, we w- I want to make sure this is this is what we want it to it okay. Without giving any details away, of course, just as a teaser, I suppose. This is something that affects more people than you realize across the planet, honestly, and that has taken a pretty hard hit on northern Colorado because we happen to be a hot spot for some of the things that go on here and with I-25 being a major thoroughfare here we're vulnerable to a lot of stuff and we need to be able to um, meet the need of our community yeah so if you have any questions reach out to us and uh, this is one thing that I'm excited that we'll be able to announce live here shortly so yeah I'm pumped well as always thank you for tuning in I'm your native Alex Johnson and I'm your transplant Jen Bryant We'll see you next week. Take care.